episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald. Um, Matt Dudek, who you will you normally hear joining me, uh, is out this episode. But you can obviously find him on Twitter at Horizon Matt. Uh, you can find us on the on Twitter as well at Horizon RT. You can find us on the web at HorizonRoundtable.com and be sure to subscribe to us. Beef. Uh, wherever podcasts are available uh before we get into our uh our main topic a uh, little bit of housekeeping uh, uh september 15th uh mark that new at noon eastern on september 15th we are officially launching uh horizon roundtable wbb the our, our women's basketball site uh so you don't want to miss that um and by the way if you are interested obviously if we're uh John Parker and uh, Kyle Rossi are going to be running point on that. So uh, get in touch with them if you want to write, because we do need writers for that. So um, just wanted to get at, to get that uh, get that out in the open. And, uh, you know, you definitely don't – we're looking forward to it at least. So um, – but preview uh, – but the previews are coming now. Um, ours are coming in October. We'll let you know when Follow Horizon RT. We'll let you know when preview week is going to be <clears> – <throat> this year but uh i wanted to get i definitely wanted to get uh somebody from the almanac on and if you have not do not know what the almanac is matt it is everywhere this is apparently going to, this is going to be i'm looking forward to seeing it like this is like this super uh mashup between a lot of different uh a lot of different uh, factions field of 68 three-man weave i think he checks involved the verbal commits I mean, yep, it's like yep. it's like the it's like uh, it's like the Avengers of college basketball. I mean, he has converged together to put together this almanac. And joining us, uh, the man who put together the Horizon League part of the almanac, Matt Cox. Matt, thank you very much for joining us. I hope that was as I hope that was hyped enough an introduction. <laughs> no, it was beautiful, and I'm just going to apologize in advance to anyone who follows me or Three Man Weave on Twitter because we've been uh, mandated to promotionally spam the crap out of this thing for the next uh, few weeks. So uh, I, I just want to apologize in advance. I, I would say go ahead and just buy it now so you don't have to continue to feel shamed and guilted by me as I basically pressure you into a struggle to buying it. But yeah, no, it's it's an awesome group to work with. Um, Shouts to Jeff Goodman and, and Rob Douster. They have yes, uh, just, just their connections behind the scenes, um, getting all the coaching interview help set up. And they, I mean, they wrote some previews themselves. And then the uh, yeah, verbal commits. I mean, I can't believe how well-connected that group oh, yeah. is and I, it's it's you know it makes sense when you think about how crazy they track how crazy they are to track all the player movements and so it was just to have that type of those resources like the one thing about this thing is you, know, you can hate my writing you can disagree with our predictions yada 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 but I, I mean in terms of the accuracy of the rosters and the uh and like the starting lineups i mean like it, it's the fact that we've actually like asked every coach to like you know or, order their bench and starters and got feedback from like every single coach it, it's going to be a pretty accurate reflection of you know at the start of the year what's the rotation look like um so i'm excited about that i think it's for a league like the horizon too when you have so many newcomers yes um a lot of rotations completely up in the air you know like yes. walkie steps out obviously um it's great to have like you know to hear it from the horse's mouth um and i talked to every you know all 11 coaches in the league so i'm happy to share some inside nuggets and i'll probably spoil my rankings for your, uh, your outstanding because i know i'm looking because you, you know that's the reason i brought you on here right that, 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 course, for, that yeah. for that reason alone um so september 26th correct that's when uh that's when it yep. gets, get, the the gets released yep. all right um you, i'm glad you mentioned kind of the the amalgam of P, uh, folks who are uh, who got involved how did this come together in the first place because um obviously we're familiar with basically every single one of those components um we, we've had folk uh we we had uh, uh eli becker from uh the from yep. heat check on last year yep. um obviously if you don't know who jeff goodman is why don't you know who jeff goodman is <laughs> um <laughs> You know, uh, him and him and Rob Douster with the with the field of 68 is I mean, that that, that thing has exploded. Um, and then, of course, they have their folks. We've had Sean Paul from that group over on the podcast as well. Um, I, you know, verbal commits is like my Bible. I'm when I'm following things, I'm following verbal commits, especially uh, in the offseason. Um, but, yeah, how did that come together? Um, cause it, cause it, it's like a lot of, you know, that seems like a lot of moving parts that, that you guys were able to converge on quickly or maybe not quickly if I'm not, depending upon I think the, the, I think it was the, 
the birth child of Jeff and Rob. I think they, I'm not sure how long they had been discussing it, but we talked about it, I think, last uh, when we were in Vegas. Me, Jim, Kai, and, and Jeff had like a like a 11 p.m. dinner at some, I don't know, random Chinese restaurant in the, uh, what casino was that? Um, whatever. It was all a, a days at that point. But we kind of sat down and talked about, hey, it'd be cool to cobble together our previews, which have been kind of like the, that's like what we've always done at our core. Like, I think as the years have gone on, we've done less and less in-season writing, but we've always committed to the preseason stuff. So Jeff has always wanted to do like a bigger, better preseason publication he knows that's kind of our sweet spot, what we've been doing. And obviously we have connections with you know these other guys and we just thought, why not give a stab at, you know, what we think is going to be the, the Holy grail previews. And again, it's not taking like away from blue ribbon. I love blue ribbon, but, um, but we wanted to, I think add a little more, um, a little more bluntness and color to some of the previews. I wouldn't say it's editorial. I mean, I think, I think our opinions will shine through more than what you might read in a typical publication. Um, but just like more deeper level of insight, I think is what we wanted to do. So that's, it kind of all got thrown together last, not last, last minute, but um, in a, you know, disjointed fashion. And, you know, we'll see, it'll be a, I think the big thing we'll have to do this year is I'm going to try and set up a mechanism to like get people's feedback. Um, and hopefully we can, like, I want this to be what people want it to be, right? Like if people are annoyed with something or they want to see something presented differently, they'd rather hear more about this and less about that. Like we, we hope that year two and beyond will be, you know, tenfold better than this first guinea pig edition, but I think 1,300 words on every team uh, is a pretty good place to start for year one. So, Yeah, I don't think we're doing 1,300 words on our It's too many words, teams. if I'm being honest. Like, with all due respect to IUPUI fans t- tuning in right now, it's tough to tough to crank out 1,300 words on the on the Jags this year. Just just oh, not well, a lot I of mean, ways you can spend that They have so cat. many people coming in, so, I mean, yeah. I mean it, that's true. Uh, I know. It, it was it was kind of just a, yeah, That's the preview will read very much like a, you know, paragraph on each guy type of thing. So. Yeah. So the blunt, yeah, uh, it's funny you mentioned the bluntness part of it because you know we we specialize in bluntness around these parts. I can't imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, the uh, and then you did mention that you had an opportunity to talk with all of the co- uh, all of the coaches in the conference. Yep. Um. Let me ask you this, because obviously, because uh, I am familiar with your your work over through Man Weave. Um. What additional insight to the conference did you get by talking to all the co- uh, coaches that you didn't have previously? I, it's just, it's, you read stuff from coaches like throughout the course of the year, right? I'm trying to read local papers. I'm trying to watch press conferences. So, I mean, you get a decent feel for who these guys are, but just to talk to them behind the scenes in a comfortable setting, especially once you've kind of demonstrated, you know, I've, like, I've written the horizon preview for a three minute leave side the last like, two or three years. Like I, I always hog that league. So I feel like I know it pretty well. Um, and I've listened to you guys for years too. So like, there's actually fairly, there's good coverage of the league and it's league I've always liked, even though it's been kind of in a demise. We'll talk about that later. Um, but talking to the coaches, once you get them comfortable after you've kind of shown, you know what they're talking about, they just reveal a gold mine of stuff that you just never thought you would get from, you can't get from reading anywhere, um, online, especially, you know, schools like IUPUI and I would put, um, you know, Youngstown State's pretty well covered there, but like, there's a few schools that don't really have a, a very dedicated beat throughout the season. So it's good to You can go ahead and say Cleveland State. I already Cleveland know State, yeah, I know. Not they're not very well. I mean it's funny because a lot of these don't, schools don't are get in me major started. cities, don't right? That's the started. whole that'll take up the whole con- that'll take up the whole episode. It's frustrating. Because yeah, because all these schools are in like pretty, you know, mid side good cities that should have local beats that cover them. But anyway, so that was I like, think the, the the main thing is I just thought they you'd never get this kind of intel just you know reading stuff secondhand. So yeah. Um, and it just kind of cool to verify or validate your perceptions of certain dudes. Um, like, I mean, I, I love Scott Nagy. He's one of my favorite coaches. I like pick right state to win league every year, just out of respect for him. He yeah. was as awesome as advertised. I still love Andy tool. He might be like my second favorite coach in the league, even though they've been kind of down since making the move to the horizon. And then also the new coaches, right? Lundy and Milwaukee and Robinson at Cleveland state, just getting us a pulse for what they want to do, how they want to play who they're bringing to the table. Um, and I think both have very distinct and unique identities that will play well in the horizon. That's just the, the general underlying theme is I just like when conferences have lots of different types of teams. And when you talk about the horizon, you have so many different types of defenses. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a very fun league, I think, because of the heterogeneity of that's am I saying that right. You know, like within the league, right. It's not yes. like every, every team is like the swag where everyone presses and they drive and no one can shoot. Like there's a lot of, 
I think variation in the conference would make some fun. And by the way, uh, by the way, I, I have to thank you. Obviously, as, as you mentioned the as you mentioned the previews in previous years from Three Man Weave. Um, thanks for linking us on those stories. Did <laughs> always I, good. Yeah, no, I, always I, a pleasant I, I, surprise when we it's, see those in there. The like, hey, he, people they, don't they do linked that, us the in there. That's awesome. I actually, I think there's one, t I think I actually may have paraphrased something you guys said once and I forgot yes. to link you and I almost DM'd you, but I, I, if, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you noticed I did because I hate when people don't do that. I think that's, that's crap. Are you so, kidding me? Are you um, gonna, I, I need the, uh, we, we need our ego stroke around here because it's, exactly. uh, you know, hey, we all do. We all, we yeah, all I mean, especially little, considering how down we get during the season. <laughs> 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 all right. Um, I'm glad you mentioned uh, a blue ribbon because their preview came out this uh, their preview actually came out a couple days ago. Uh, so the in fact, we've actually had um, we, we've actually had uh, oh, we've actually had a couple people, uh, one or two people from blue ribbon a couple uh, on a couple years ago. So I'm actually very glad we got you on here. Um, you will be. Uh, if you haven't seen it already, uh, they picked Northern Kentucky to finish first. Uh, and as I think I've mentioned at least a at least privately, I think that is going to be uh, picking the top, uh, picking the having the the preseason top pick is going to be a very fluid situation yes. uh, for everyone yep. this year. Uh, yep. They, I've seen I've seen Youngstown State finish uh, pick to finish first. Uh, we may have somebody completely different, but yeah, there's it's going to be an interesting mix of. Yeah, it's going to be very – there's going to be a lot of differing opinions on who's going to finish at, top, uh, at the top this year. I think there's six teams that can win it. I, I really do. Um, you know, when you when you can say that over half the league has a legitimate case to win the league, and that's not even like a am stretching – like no. I have Youngstown State sixth, and I love that team, and I'm like, do I really have them sixth? But I think I'm just probably higher on Oakland, Detroit, and Wright State than most people. I think the consensus options to win are probably Northern Kentucky and Purdue Fort Wayne because they bring everybody back mm -hmm. and they were top of the league last year. So it's just like by default, you almost kind of have to put them there. Yeah. Um, but Wright State, the per the institutional success under Nagy, I know the roster isn't like as, um, it doesn't pack the same punch that you saw like the you know, 2018, 2019 versions were. I mean, was it 2020? They just ran rough shot at everybody. Like those games were complete blowouts. It's a little weaker roster, but I think they're still in the mix just because you have to put them there. Um, Oakland's got big-time talent again, even though they do lose Kane. Jalen Moore's back and fully healthy. And, by the way, Oakland was the best team in the league last year before Jalen Moore yes. busted his wrist. Like, that's just a fact. Like, the whole horizon got turned upside down by one overtime kind of late-game fluke injury that, you know, totally turned the tables. Um, and I think Detroit's pretty good, too. They brought in a whole new cast of characters, but – the transfers are good and Antoine's Antoine, he can do his thing. And so I, I think six teams can legitimately win the league. I have Youngstown state finishing six. I know Jordan Majeski has them winning the league. I actually flirted with having them win the league. That's how I flew at the top six are. I just gave precedent to NKU and Fort Wayne because like I said, they won the league. They want to bring everybody back. Right. State, I think has more established track record. Oakland, I respect and Detroit, I like the roster. So, um, that's where you're at. I think there's six legit teams that have a, a puncher's chance. Cleveland State, you could maybe talk me into, but they lost too much. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I can't go there. I yeah, as a as a Cleveland State guy, I I have I do I, I have to agree mostly because of the, again, there's it, it, it the the combination of the new coach, uh, quite a bit of roster turnover, and the the, the teams in front of them, uh, that that get, give me kind of pause. Uh, I do want to talk. Uh, I I want to talk about the rest of the teams, but I want to specifically talk about Detroit Mercy. Um, yep. Specific, obviously, the re the return of Antoine Davis, the uh, co-player of the year last year. He's probably going to be a no-brainer pick, preseason pick for player of the year this year. Um, you know, again, you got and in order to beat the man, you got to be the man. You got to beat the man. Um, my concern with Detroit Mercy, as it probably has been throughout the entire offseason, is I have absolutely no idea what they have coming forward. When you talk to Mike Davis. Um, when you so you're talking about the roster, uh, the roster besides Antoine with yep. Mike Davis. What what the and I know Carrick Jones has, has shared a little bit of insight as well. What did what did you take away from kind of what what he's bringing to the table that we that honestly we didn't even know about until like probably a week ago. So yeah, and I so I talked to Davis. I actually had to make two or one or two roster changes from the time I talked to him initially to the time that we're 
I guess last week when we sort of put our drop dead publishing date. That's the the whole problem with this is like at some point we need to like just say, okay, guys, the roster is final. Anything any late roster change after a certain point, we have yeah. to like just put like an editor's note or something. But we there were two like late additions. Um, they got Gerald Liddell, who comes in from Alabama State, who started uh-huh. at Texas, big yes. time recruit, really good player. I, I think people will look at his Alabama State track record and think, okay, so he's going to come up from the swack and yeah, I think, yes, he's going to be, he's going to probably start uh, the parks kid from temple um, really, into, you know, just a solid big guy who I think will play the, you know, kind Rational of be parks, like the, yeah. yeah, Russian parks from temple. He was a role guy at, 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 you know, up there in Philly. I think he's just a good garbage guy up front. He's got some bounciness um, and they do have Coca coming back the seven foot one dude who will, you know, eat up space inside the guys I'm excited about and the newcomers are Demezi Anderson, who comes from Loyola, who was at Indiana before then. Really good talent. Just never got a good opportunity to play at such a deep, behind such a deep rotation at, at Loyola. He was also banged up um, a couple times the last couple of years. I think he's in for a potential breakout. Then you bring in TJ Moss and Jane Stone from McNeese slash South Carolina and Grand Canyon, respectively. Um, they're both really good players. I think their counting stats of these newcomers won't jump off the page, but I think each one of these guys has deflated counting stats because of the situations they were in and or because of injuries. Um, and they also bring back Jordan Phillips, uh, who's a decent role guy from last year. So it's, it's a deepish team. Um, I, I might be putting too much stock in a in this newcomer crop. I think you can certainly talk me into putting Youngstown ahead of them. Um, but I actually did put them fifth. I, I think that talent's better than people think, right? Like the, sure. the team you looked at two years ago when they brought in Waterman and they brought in uh, Ball Cool, or wait, am, I, am I saying his name right? Like we Ball just, cool, you weren't yes, really, yes. like, I mean, that guy was awesome. I think he was the most underrated player in the league that season. You didn't really like expect a lot of them. And then they come in and they're like, oh, wow, they have some like real dudes. And I think that's what this crop, it feels like a hybrid mid-major type roster than like a true mid-major roster. So I think that's going to shine through. Yeah. What I've always, what I have said throughout the Mike Davis era is you underestimate Mike Davis at your peril. Yep. Um, I agree. And I think this, yeah. (laughs) Um, And I think that, yeah, my own, my own, my concern of course is the, my concern with this group as it has been in years past, because it seems like he does this every year as he brings these, all these moving parts in and then they, you know, as everybody else is working out in the summer, he's got all these new guys coming in and, um, content, uh, I, you know, uh, gelling might be an issue. I think that's a, but then again, I mean, if you look at the bottom half of the horizon leagues, they're all going to have issues theoretically. I think this is his, this is what I I'm with you. And I think this year is different because there's no COVID disruption playing a part, right? I know I don't no. dealt with that, but, but, but I think for, when you're bringing so many new pieces together and then they also had the, the postseason eligibility thing too so i think there's like two pretty major external factors that worked against them the postseason uh, eligibility thing wasn't even their fault yeah right it's stupid the whole thing was a joke i mean i i feel horrible for the whole program at, at large but I, so that that's kind of all behind them i just think it feels like uh this is the year where they sneak up on people because you're right the roster on paper to the naked eye doesn't look all that all that enticing um yeah but i mean he i talked to him like three times he underscored like this is my most athletic team like you, you will see it jump off the page. Um, you know, Moss and Anderson, especially, I mean, these guys can really get out and go. Um, just they'll probably play some of that zone maybe, or they'll get after pressure with a man. I, I think they'll be a lot better defensively actually this season. Hmm, good. Cause they, uh, yeah, they lost a couple of games for that very reason last year. So that uh, definitely yep. is, uh, that'll definitely help them out this, uh, this upcoming season. All right, let's go ahead and rip off the bandaid. Let's talk about IPUI. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Starting at so, guard. No, I'm... I don't know. You figure it out. All right. So they they finished with five guys last season, and one of the one of those five guys is left. Boston Stanton, Jonah Carrasco is also back, and then they got a whole bunch of other new guys. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, let me try. Here's the official updated roster. I mean, I, I took a stab at the starters. So when I talked to Crenshaw, which oh, I think was two months ago. Yeah. He had no idea he was going to start. I didn't blame. I don't blame him. Who the who knows with that team? He um, also I took did, a yeah, stab. We, yeah, he had. A, he was on. Uh, we I talk, we talked to uh, myself and Nick Lawrence and talked to him the, during the uh, mid major madness spa- Twitter spaces. Yeah, pretty much the same uh, same approach. <laughs> and and so yeah, I took a stab at the starters myself, and he came back with his and his rotation. I was 
pretty far off, to be honest. So, I mean, it's basically the guy who I know is going to be good is Bryce Monroe. He's the San Diego transfer. I think he's like, you know, from after that, you don't really know who's going to be, what role anyone's going to play. I think it's completely up for grabs as to who, you know, emerges from the freshman class, which I think there actually is some enticing talent there. They have some – it's great. Well, like, they better. They have six. They have six freshmen next year. Six freshmen, um, and the JUCOs are decent too. They have the um, uh, uh, Dalen Hamilton is one I think that's going to surprise people. He was at Western Michigan, I think, to start, then played at Triton yeah. Community College. Really good program. I ten a game there. I think he's going to probably be a starter. They have a uh, Jalen Counter, Jalen Counter, who was at. Um, he was at another solid uh, JUCO program, um, and then Chris Austin comes in from Northern Illinois, who's just sort of a. I mean, you're I'm, you're kind of you're you're grasping for straws once you get past like the top three or four. But I mean, there's some of these dudes that are lurking and make the search that could be good. Like the the Gerard uh, uh, brothers are supposed to be. You know, they have some high upside. I think they're local indie yeah. dudes. Um, yeah, so I, I, I personally am high on the Gerard twins personally, so I'm looking forward to seeing both of them. And DJ Jackson has a good, he comes from Montverde. I mean, he's from the same area as RJ Barrett up there in Mishawaga and Toronto proper. So, I mean, I think you can maybe talk yourself into some potential upside, but let's be clear. This is the worst team in the conference. I don't see any scenario in which they leapfrog Green Bay even. Um, and it really isn't another bad team in the conference, right? Like I think you talk about Robert Morris. I think they're much improved. Uh, you talk about um, who else? I might forget the bottom of the, in Milwaukee. Uh, I think Milwaukee's yeah. roster is certainly thin, but, Sure. I don't think they're falling. They're not falling way off of the, the rocker. And to be honest, after last season, I think it's just going to act as like a launching pad as like, so, okay, we got that entire disaster behind us. Yeah. Start fresh, clean slate. Let's go. So, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned, I'm glad you mentioned Milwaukee blue ribbon actually has green Bay finishing a below IUPUI, um, which I thought was kind of striking. <laughs> the green Bay situation yeah. is, they have they also are going through almost another complete roster turnover because all they have left is Cade Meyer, uh, Nate Jenkins, Randy Tucker, and Braden Daly, who didn't play all last year. Now, the X factor they have is Donovan Short coming in, um, the highly touted Donovan Short. But when you talk to Will Ryan about this particular roster, I mean, I guess my question would be, you know, besides Short, who else, who does he look at uh, stepping up there? So Short isn't even like. I was kind of surprised to see him placed kind of far down the, the depth chart when uh, when Ryan came back to me. Really? Like he's not even like their third big guy. Yeah, he's going to play. I mean, Cade Meyer is, is the notable piece. He's going to be yes. a huge part of what they do up front. And then uh, Brock Hefner is the redshirt freshman um, who I think came from Hawaii. So he actually has a little more pedigree than just like a redshirt freshman with no background on the surface would, would lead you to believe. But I think he's going to probably start with Meyer up front. So look out for Hefner. I think I think they like him more than Short right now. Um, sure. And then they brought in the Davin Ziegler from uh, Indian Hills and Garen Davis from Clarendon, who are both like big time JUCO programs. I, they're they're going to be key pieces. Ziegler especially, he's a big time athlete. Um, and then Clarence Cummings is the other yeah, guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, that one that one still kills me because his dad played at Cleveland State. Derek. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because I, I, I was actually, yeah, I was actually in school when he was. So yeah, we had, we had a couple. Yeah. So uh, still kills me, but I get it. I understand. So th- <laughs> there's some guard, there's some guard upside there, I think with the newcomers. Um, I mean, Nate Jenkins is back. He's just, I think a solid role player. I don't think he's going to be a world beater. I mean, he kind of sure. is what he is. He's a solid role piece. I think they need one of the Juco guys to really, to really pop this season. I and mean, he's got a couple options. Um, but, but they need one of those dudes, Ziegler, Cummings, Davis are the three to, to keep an eye on. I don't think any of the freshmen are going to make major, major splashes. Like you just think about green Bay and Wisconsin, you know, the parallel to his dad, it's just not a system, not a, 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 a type of team that really throws freshmen in the fire, right? It's more like they want to groom you, which is also why I think Ryan struggled with the new age of college basketball, the transfer portal going crazy. He's just, He's used to being able to like kind of groom his guys. That's how he wants to build his program. But the reality is, is you have to retool on an annual basis now. So that's what I, I kind of feel bad for him to be blunt. Um, it's just, you know, he's trying to coach. If only he could coach in his dad's era, I think it would be easier for him to build a program the way he wants to do it. But he's kind of having to, you know, he's kind of having to straddle the fence of the old and the new era is how I would say it. 
Well, somebody who uh, you, you've already you've already alluded to Andy Tool and Robert Morris and uh, trying to retool in the new era. He has had to do that quite a bit, especially yep, yep. with the, in year three of the Horizon League. It's been uh, that's a guy I really want to make. I, I really want to do well uh, in this conference because of the fact that you know, of based on his success before getting to the Horizon League and having the parts. And really having the parts to be able to do so, but it, it, for it for two years in a row, it's been completely. I mean, it's been him losing people right in the middle of the season to the transfer yep. portal. You know, starting with AJ Brahma, you know, the first year, and then that whole right. litany of folks in the you know, his second year. Uh, so, you know, Rasheem Dunn leaving killed him. I couldn't believe yes. that one because that's a guy. Yep. You know, that's a guy. He was. I'm pretty sure he. Uh, him and him and Khalil Spear were leading, uh, were, uh, were were their primary office, and then all of a sudden, Rasheem Dunn is gone, and it's like, how did that? Ha- I, I I'm still trying to wrap my head around that one. Um, I, so he's yeah, he told me there was some. I the way he framed it was like everyone was kind of running their own race. I think this show we have guys who are all trying to run the same race. So I, I want to say there are some individual goals not aligning with team goals to, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of paint that with a nice coach, corporate sure. speak tone to it. Um, and, and, and he, but he took fault for that. He's like, honestly, I, you know, I took some shots on guys that I didn't know, may, or I, I wasn't maybe sold that they would be great fits with how we were going to play and with the guys we had, but I, but I just took a bet on their talent and I think it kind of backfired. Right. So, yeah. I mean, obviously everything is, it's all a crapshoot when you're recruiting in such a whirlwind of a, a shortened off season, but I mean, he feels pretty good about what he has this year. I love the pieces he added. Sure. Um, Josh Corbin from Winthrop is like just an ultimate like guy is one at every every year basically because all the, all that program does is win. Yeah. Michael Green's back. They got Cheeks Spear both back, and I love the uh, Matt Myers, the former JUCO All American, coming back. I think he's going to have a big year. He also added two more experienced transfers: Jackson Last, a really good guard. Uh, Kevin Martinez supposed to be a pretty versatile forward, and then T.J. Wainwright is a, a really 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 good freshman that could be one of the best rookies in the conference. Um, yeah, I, I think I think they are. Like I said, I have them eighth, um, but but I think they're a pretty good cut above like IUPUI and and probably Green Bay even too. And I think they have a chance to maybe creep under that, you know, maybe not upper half, but close to the upper half. Yeah, that's one um, for me. It's uh, for me that especially with Robert Morris. There's uh, uh, for me. I I look at Robert Morris, and then they all then I look at what who I want to talk about next. Obviously, Milwaukee, who also. Yeah, the the way that happened last year is just still I'm still trying to wrap my head around that because you got a guy who is a first rounder, no brainer first rounder, um, and then that team just completely imploded. And then you bring in bring in a guy a proven winner like Bart Lundy um, at the D two level, and theoretically he would have stayed at D one because because Queens University is now going to be uh, has transitioned to D one now. Right. Yep, yep. Um, so he was going to have to make the transition to D1 no matter what. Um, a guy also who has D1 who had D1 coaching experience to begin with. Um, the question that I ha- I guess the question I have with Bart Lundy is when you look at what he's done to retool that roster, um, is there is it because I guess for me is it because you know he's had success previously that allows him to, that makes us think that, you know, hey, here's Milwaukee. They're going to do considerably better this season as opposed to, you know, what what transpired last season. Yeah, just put last season to bed. Like, bury that 10 feet under. Like, that whole thing was – I just feel bad for Milwaukee fans who had to be seduced into the hype train that was last oh, season. Oh, man, where, that was – Even, even I, if it went well, like, they were never going to actually live up to the expectations that were – that come with, I mean, a five-star lotto pick playing in the high. I and mean, that just was never going to happen, you know. So – and the injuries, I mean, there is so many injuries, too. I think people just look at the ball injury. There's a plenty of dudes that got injured last season. Um, but, yeah, that's all, you know, throw it all out. I mean, they had, like, what, 13 or 12 guys transfer. Um, yeah. They do bring back some, I mean, they bring back Browning, Baker, and Bowl, who I who are fine, I would say. Um, he is super high. Lundy is super high on Angelo Stewart, who was a monster JUCO scorer. Uh, I think he's a top 100 JUCO recruit. He was a big-time uh, prospect coming out of high school, I believe. So he thinks he's going to be like, you know, a, 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 an alpha, one of their alphas right from the get go. 
but you kind of go through the roster. It does feel a little bit watered down, right? It feels like a D2 type roster. They're bringing in a Jordan Ratliff, who's a D2 transfer from UNC, kind of out by where he comes from in Queens. They bring in Jalen Johnson, an Alabama A&M transfer, who's you know put up good numbers there, but you know it's still the swack, and that's not you know it's not a small jump up. And then a couple of really fringe Nebraska, you know, Nebraska transfer and Oregon State transfer. So yeah, the roster isn't great. I just think it's going to be an improved team the last year because Bart Lundy can coach. Like his track record's pretty pretty well established. I mean, he's an analytic data type guy. I mean, he direct quote: analytically, we try and do the things that we need to do to win games. And sure. that's so you know it's sort of not going to go to like a Todd Golden type of analytic comparison, but but that's how he's wired, and I think that alone makes me bullish on what they can achieve even with the roster limitations that I think they're facing. Yeah. So now with Cleveland State, and of course, this, this is going to be my part. Um, obviously, no more Dennis Gates. If you bring in Daniel Robinson, you do keep, you do keep, uh, you, you still have Spider Johnson. You still have Yael Hill. You still have Deshaun Parker. You still have uh, Jason Woodridge. For me, though, um, and uh, you know, this is kind of the conversation, because we had uh, – Daniel Robinson on about a, a few weeks ago on the podcast. The guy who who really kind of for me is an X factor for them is that uh, is, is Tristan Enaruna. Oh yeah, no question. I mean he's he's an All Big Twelve type talent when healthy. The problem is he hasn't really been fully healthy, and he's been kind of getting and stuck in some role reshuffling at his few prior stops. Excuse me. I yeah, I think he's potentially the breakout newcomer of the year type talent. Um, and it, it seems like they're giving him full freedom to showcase that talent, which is exciting. Cause I think they need his offensive skill set, right? Like he's yeah. kind of, you know, Spider Johnson's great, but he's more, you know, he makes his pay on the defensive end. Yes. You know, I like Parker, I like Hill, but, but they need some scoring punch. And yes. I think he's going to have plenty of like his usage, I think offensively should be pretty high. Uh, the other guy that's going to be pretty big for them is, uh, Jameer Price, um, who is the, um, he's a Juco kicker or he, what school he went to. I think he's probably going to start. Yes. Uh, and the Woodridge comes really? out of the bench and then behind Woodridge, it's just a bunch of new, uh, mostly freshmen, some Juco's, you know, the one thing I just realized I picked up drew louder very late, a really good yes, prospect. Absolutely. Um, he was, yes, um, I loved him at Holy Cross. By the way, and, by, the way knew, um, like, by the way, by the way, Jameer but yeah, by the way, yeah, the, uh, unfortunately, yeah, Drew, Drew Louder was a last-minute guy that he hadn't officially announced. So I didn't get a chance to talk to Daniel Robinson about. Jameer Price, on the other hand, uh, very familiar him, uh, Mineral Area College. That's the Juco he went to. But more importantly, uh, Jameer Price um, is actually from uh, Daniel Robinson's hometown in Rock Island, Illinois. So they, they, oh, they, wow, clearly, okay. had, they clearly had some uh, some stories to share about Rock Island. So I'm I'm interested in seeing yeah the the, the Drew Louder thing I was actually going to ask you about because that because he was such a late late minute uh, last minute addition that I didn't get to ask Daniel Robinson about. Um, yeah, he's a wild card. I mean, because yeah. I, I, right, I didn't talk to him. I talked to him before he was picked up. I, he could start or he could just be a nothing. I mean, I, I really the outcomes are is that that's how wide they are with him. I think his talent is. Next level, I think he averaged 27 points a game last season at Lansing Community College. Uh, again, he's a big like if you're from the Michigan area, he was a pretty heralded kid when he was yeah. in high school. So um, we'll, we'll see how that he loves some of these freshmen coming in. Now, I think this is going to be a sneaky good team next year if these guys stay. So curious yes. to see what what pops in this class. But um, well, it's interesting like, like some hate. mega like a Cole uh, Cole Middleton. Who actually, I think he registered last year, so he's not a true freshman. He's a physical specimen, man. This guy could play football for that program if they need bodies. Yeah. Um, so keep an eye on him too. Yeah, Cole Middleton is interesting because I know there was a couple of publications last year that were calling him a freshman to watch, but then he got the red shirt. Now we get to see him this year. I'm looking forward to seeing Cole Middleton actually. Yeah, um, I mean that one, team was just stupid deep last season. So I think yeah. you know, again, another one where it's like you see a red shirt freshman, you don't take him seriously, but there's a reason you're red shirted. So the one I'm interested in seeing is Dylan Arnett, the one who was committed to Milwaukee, decommitted, and then jumped over to Cleveland State. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know if we'll see a lot of him this year, given that no, we have. I'm guessing we won't. Yeah. We barely, I'll be honest, we barely discussed him on the call. I don't know if I even mentioned him in my preview, so I'm sorry. I'm probably going to make some Cleveland State fans mad. I, I think he is. No, you're not. <laughs> Woodridge. <laughs> All right, good, because I think that's I mean, no, but, I mean, people when lose, you look at the front court, when you look over. at what the front court looks like, um, 
with uh, with and Johnson Aruna and Aruna, and Spider. Woodridge, yeah, and Middleton's I mean, going to get minutes before Arnett will, and and, 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 and he Williams was also guy is probably yeah out. yeah he was really high on Tay Williams too yeah so between those guys yeah the, some of the he uh, we, I think I think we may see we will probably see a little very little of Arnett given that dynamic so. By the way, Blue Ribbon, for some reason, and I thought this was I thought this was interesting, they actually, because uh, they do their rankings of the front courts and the back courts, they picked Cleveland State's front court to be number one in the conference, which I thought was amazing given that, oh, I don't know, Wright State's down the street. Yeah, I and mean, honestly, there aren't many good front courts. It's kind of why the defenses in this league stink and why offenses are always getting whatever they want. Um, but, God, it just got to be better. Youngstown State's front court is probably better than – than Cleveland State's too. I don't know. I mean, yeah, Spider Johnson is so good though. I just defensively, yeah. he's such a menace. Um, yeah. Well, Young Youngstown State was number two, and I totally agree with you. Uh, mostly because they got Adrian Nelson coming in. I absolutely loved Adrian Nelson's game at at, uh, at Northern Kentucky. Now he's at now he's at, uh, at at Youngstown State, and we we basically have argued that they won the transfer portal. They won the offseason last year with the transfer portal. They won the yeah, transfer portal. Their transfers are great, and to be honest, what's funny is like. You could argue they didn't even really need to do a ton of work in the portal because they did get four starters back with Rathan Mays, Cohill, who's going to be, you know, he won't win player of the year, but man, he could certainly push for it. Yeah. You get Covington back and you got Dunn back. So those four plus Miles Hunter plus Chris Sheldon, who both played pretty key minutes for them. So I mean, that's six guys. And then you're going to add in Adrian Nelson. You just talked about Bryce McBride, a proven combo guard EMU average 11 a game, really solid. Brandon Rush, who I loved at FDU, big-time scorer, like can be a super sub-spark plug off the bench. And Malik Green, who might be the best of the bunch when healthy. Um, I mean, he was a dominant force for Canisius. Go look at his numbers from 2021 or 2020, the shortened season. Like he literally played through like a broken foot for half the year and was still dominating people. He was a little bit – Oh, yeah. Um, reserved yeah, I saw, last season, yeah, but it's a funny enough. I saw funny enough. I saw him last year when he played uh, when he played Youngstown State and Cleveland State. <laughs> and by the way, they're they're oh, going right, back they to Canisius. Yeah. They're going back to he has, to play them this season, so that ought to be interesting. Uh, well, yeah, it will be interesting, and I'm sure he'll have a chip on his shoulder for that game. He has like that old man game to him, where he doesn't like look like he'd be like a. He doesn't like have like this chiseled frame, right? He's kind of like a, a. I don't know. He he's sort of a tweener, but he's just super effective. The team's so I, I deep. Always, That's why I think I you're say, excited about this team. So deep. I, yeah, I, well, I always say, don't miss with middle-aged rec league guy. Don't ever do that. That's just that's a, right. that's a mistake, no. always. That's and, an that's the, mistake. and that's the team you have six. So you pick six. So that ought to be I, – I, but again, when you look at the – you know, when you look at the top of the conference, um, yeah, this, there's going to be so many different combinations of what that, you know, top half of the league is going to look like. Um, so I don't blame you. <laughs> It's we're all, Here's a good I, quote. A good quote from uh, Calhoun. I think that kind of defines the top part of the league. He goes, "The key to college basketball in the mid-major level is getting old quickly." And that was yes. their focus in the offseason. They got old. And the look at the teams that they're vying, they're going to go toe to toe against Northern Kentucky, old. Yes. Purdue, Fort Wayne, really old. Oakland, old. Wright State, kind of in you know blend, and in Detroit Mercy with their guys they brought in. They're also old too. So I mean, that's certainly a theme you're seeing. Sure. Um, and that's just because mid-major type recruits usually develop later than like the blue chip guys, right? Like you see blue chip guys get awesome, you know, freshman year, sophomore year, usually mid-major, three-star, two-stars, sophomore, junior. It's more of a steady, a steady trajectory. So I think that's always been, I think the smart coaches at the mid-major level tr- are trying to find ways to get older, proven guys, preferably harvesting them within their own programs. But now you kind of have to, you have to patch it together through the transfer portal. And what, that's what my, and that's what Wright State did, obviously with, uh, they, they had to get those guys together. They lost Grant facility. They lost Tanner Holden, but they bring in Amari Davis, a guy who we're familiar with because he's a yep. freshman of the year at Green Bay. And then Blake Sisley from, from Evansville. Add into that uh, another product of uh, Scott Nagy's uh, big man factory and AJ Braun um, and, and Tim Finke and Tanner Holden. Not to mention, you know, not to mention Braden, uh, not Braden Norris. See, um, see, I, Keaton Norris. Not in the, yep. Keaton Norris. Yes, yeah, Braden yep. was at Oakland. Now he's at Loyola, not in our league anymore. But Keaton Norris. Um, with the with Wright State, the for, for Wright State though, um, 
what we've seen with them has always been kind of a rotational thing because Scott Nagy has always been had a very short bench. Do you see that in talking to Scott Nagy, do you see that changing this season or is it just going to be the same short bench we've been seeing uh, throughout the uh, Scott Nagy era? Uh, it'll still be short. It'll be a little bit longer than last season, I think. And you go back to the blue ribbon. Um, I actually agree with them. I don't, I wouldn't put Wright state, even in my top three of front courts, because here's I think what Nagy wants to do is really lean into his guard depth, and I think he wants to play four guards around around Braun. I mean, calling Finky a guard, he's more of a wing guy, but that I think they're going to play Norris, Calvin, Davis, and Finky a lot around Braun inside, um, because I think the depth. I, I think Sisley is going to be okay. He had actually a nice little close to his last few games at Evansville, but I get the sense that he's not going to be like anything more than like a role piece sure. off the bench. Um, you know, you know, maybe go two big lineups, but he's not like a major bruiser inside. I mean, Andy Neff, the four walk-on, is going to get major minutes up front. So, really, um, yeah. And I mean, well, Noel is the guy who I think he's really banking on to make a big jump. Um, but yeah, I think that's the one pretty, I keep. Yeah, Brandon Noel is the one that we've all kept hearing about. Brandon Noel. That's because he was he yep. was he didn't play last year, so or a lot last year. Yeah, he, another red shirt breakout guy. Yeah, I think Noel's the one you want to keep it on as an X factor here. But it's about the guards, and I think. Nagy's whole thing's like, I don't worry about offense. Like, he, I think was like, I go to bed every night and I know we're going to score at a super efficient cliff. We got multiple dudes you can shoot it, create, score. The stuff we run, how in tune my guys are with how we run our stuff is just like so harmonious. But defensively, we're still sort of in the post loud and love, post having best center in the league era where we're kind of like figuring out how to guard again. You know, I think he's like, everyone kind of sure. took for granted what it was like to play defense when you had like such imposing physical presences now. I mean, and, and Braun's not even like a intimidating guy up front, right? Like, I mean, Basili was this thicker than Braun. I think Braun's, you know, has a yeah. chance to be more skilled, but um, you know, defensively, I think the concerns that were brought to light last season are going to for sure sustain. So I think Nagy being the smart coach, he is just going to be like, all right, that's fine. I'm not going to fight fire with fire. I'm just going to, you know, play more guards and we're going to sure, kill you on the absolutely. offensive end and, and, and we're going to try and make you beat us with our quote unquote small ball. So Fair that's enough. what I think right. State looks like this year. Now the Oakland, now Oakland is kind of uh, interesting to me because uh, obviously Jalen Moore is back this season. He's healthy. At least I think he's healthy. I thought I saw him post a picture on Instagram with a cast on his arm somewhere, right arm. Maybe I hope that's, uh, I hope that I, well, if I, that was an aberration, I didn't, I was seeing things. But the big addition that they have is Rocket Watts. Not just Rocket Watts, but they have Lauren Bowman coming in. They have Keaton Herbie coming in. Um, and, and we've having uh, our conversations with Greg Campy, uh, where he he's completely changed his thinking about the. He's clearly changed his thinking about the transfer portal, um, and he's really been uh, aggressive. Yep. Not necessarily Youngstown State aggressive, but aggressive nonetheless. With that, with the, especially in the backcourt, with that, with that, um, what is what did Greg? Camp, I, I know Greg Campy has mentioned kind of his challenges come in the upcoming season. What did he convey to you as far as, far as um, what his primary concerns were? Rebounding, like yeah. you know, you could circle that twenty times. Jamal Kane was just a one man wrecking crew on the boards, and they play that zone, and you kind of need a guy just to out jump and out athletic other dudes you know it's not like in man-to-man where you can everyone can box out their guy and you can wall off the you know the the rebounding lanes like you, you need guys who can just go up and get it and it's gonna always be a question mark when you play zone anyway but like i think it's a major question mark this year because they don't really have a clear-cut like rebounding stalwart to replace him like they're gonna play i think townsend a lot at the five um well you know he's what six seven Six, I mean, he's long, right? He has like a seven yes. foot. He's, he plays much better than he is, but still, it's going to be a very wingy type of lineup where they're going to lean a lot more, I think, on their steals and turnovers out of that zone. And, I, and he yeah. did, it, I think, confirm that they're going to continue to play it because he's just, he likes it so much. And I think it's sort of a, it's, it's worked well for him. And he's got guys that have been in it and know how to play it with more and Townsend. And, and now Price comes back for a year two, who he really likes. And then Lampman who's been there for what feels like forever. He still shoots the crap out of it. So he's going to get his big minutes. Um, and then you had rocket Watts who has quite literally rocket esque speed and he'll fit nicely in that zone. Just trying to sit back and pick off passes and next to more, who's as good as anyone in the league at doing that. Sure. So yeah, there's a lot to like about this roster. I just think it's, 
with Watts and Hervey from Missouri State and Bowman from Wisconsin, I think talent-wise, that might be the best crop of transfers of anyone in the conference. Like, I think Youngstown State's depth is a little better. You could argue Detroit is up there as well. But I think the Watts, Hervey, Bowman pedigree, that triumvirate's pretty tough to beat. And that'll be three of their top six. Yeah. Uh, top seven, I guess, and Price probably is like their sixth man this year. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's the same Oakland team you'll see. In the, right? I think they'll play the zone. Moore's fully healthy. I don't know if he had a re-injury, so you may have seen something more recent than me. But but he told me that Moore's fully recovered. He's been okay. a star in practice. I think he actually was hoping. It might have been. It might have been. Uh, might have not been. A, yeah, like I said, I think it might have been a figment of my imagination. <laughs> I mean, Campy said he wanted Watts to be the Batman. Like he's like, I want more. He's like, I love Moore as like my Robin. Right? He called Kane his Batman last year. Moore's his Robin. He wanted that to kind of hold and have Watts be the new Batman. But he said that Moore's just been too good. Where it's like he's just he's the guy. I think he's like. I know you'll probably pick Antoine Davis to win Player of the Year, but I'm telling you, Jalen Moore is going to put up just stupid numbers this season. So I'm curious to see I, if he goes like 20 that, and nine or something. Yeah. Oh no, I think I think Jalen Moore is hell bent on getting 10, uh, averaging 10, 10, 10 assists a game. I think he can without do it. Doubt. I really do. I think he wouldn't can do doubt it. Wouldn't yeah. doubt it. Um, Purdue Fort Wayne. I don't. It feels like we're not talking enough about them. <laughs> They brought everybody Yeah, they like back. won the league last year. They literally won the league and they bring everybody back. Yeah, I don't I don't get it either. Well, I saw so they don't bring everybody back. I think they actually lose a pretty key piece they, in um in Jalon Pipkins. I think he was such oh, an important right. defensive glove. Cause that was the one thing. I mean, you look you look at the numbers, this was actually like the best defensive team in the horizon last season, which I think is a a testament to John Kaufman and building a pretty yeah. good defense from a guard oriented team, but be also a reflection of how poor the horizon is at guarding people. Um yeah. And Pipkins, I think, was, like, by all accounts, their best defenders. I think he's actually a big loss. But everyone else comes back. They bring in two other stud guards. Um, yeah, you know what you're getting, right? It's it's a fun, spread-out, free-flowing, modern type of style with guys making shots and making plays. And I, I just – I like – it's my favorite team to watch play, I think, aesthetically in the horizon. And when it's going, it's, you know – I think they have – like, they have the biggest – upside potential to beat like a power conference school in like an NCAA tournament type game just because of the multiple guards, shot makers, scores. Now they can get blown out too. I mean, you look at their last few years, they've actually done, they've been ransacked by bigger, better, stronger, faster power conference opponents. But I also think just that, that shot making skill set makes them so tantalizing if they can, you know, squeak into the NCAA tournament this year and, and claim the, claim the auto bid. Yeah. And, and then, of course, there's Northern Kentucky. Um, so th- Northern Kentucky has the uh, the last two freshmen of the year. Uh, looking at who they have in, I think they're going to I think they want a gun for another freshman of the year this year, too. So but beyond them, <laughs> you know, you have you still have work. You have Vincent, you keep Chris Brandon, uh, the Detroit Mercy transfer. Uh, I think yep, he's, he's, back. he's got the big, yep. he's huge. He's the, he had a huge year last year and Trayvon Faulkner's back, which is absolutely, which is a cute coup for them. Cause there is. So um, as you look at that team, as you look at, as you look at Northern Kentucky, uh, what, what is Darren Horn? What are, you know, Darren Horn, you know, what are, what are you looking at with Darren? What did, what is Darren Horn looking at in terms of this team? I mean, they, this is a team that made it to the finals of the conference tournament was so close to getting that auto bid. Uh, where, where do you see, where, where do you see the upside with them? I mean, as if we don't I think the upside. Already. Yeah, I think it's kind of like Purdue Fort Wayne, except the difference is there actually is a more upside here because of guys like Sam Vincent, right, yeah. and and uh, Hubie Pavorius, and I, so about we actually did a coaches poll for the Almanac, so we actually there Goodman texted every coach and we asked who the best X and O coach was, the breakout player, player who scares you the most, the best pro prospect, the sleeper team, and best home court advantage, and the coaches like almost unanimously chose Vincent as like the breakout guy. And I think every fan who watched Vincent last year was like, oh yeah, this guy's clearly got that. Oh yeah. That ick factor. Um, and I think he'll benefit from, I mean, no, with all due respect to Bryson Langdon, I think that team is, will be better off without him because then you, you just kind of have Warwick Faulkner and Vincent as like your three main guards. You go to battle with those guys and feel good about it. And then you have your right Brandon up front doing the dirty work. You got some shooting around him. Uh, Rhodes is the guy that Horn's really high on. I mean, he actually might start over one of those three, which is like to think that Warwick Faulkner and Vincent may actually come and come off the bench to make room for Rhodes. Who's been like a premier bucket getter playmaker everywhere he's been. Um, yeah, they, they have a, 
like Purdue Fort Wayne, they have a ton of perimeter, perimeter firepower. I think what Horn likes the most about this team, though, is that there's a lot of continuity. So they'll actually like be better at defense early in the year for like the last couple of seasons. They've had to like improve as the year goes on because they don't really master the zone until late in the season. They've had kind of that vintage second half surge. I think this season is more like they are who they are early and they don't sneak up on us late like they had the last couple of seasons. So when you look at so uh, we clearly had a conversation about what, what the Horizon League endured last season. This season, my big thing has got to be, you know, do better in the non-conference. Do you see yeah. Do you see what the Horizon League, you see improvement in non-conference because they're going to just beat each other up in the conference schedule. I can already see that. It, I hope so. I mean, it's tough to say. Like, I think the DNA of a lot of these teams does not bode well against power conference. I, I, you can't. Like I look at like the Summit League as a as a decent parallel. That that conference is notoriously offensive skewed. They don't guard anybody, and they get destroyed in the non-conference because they can't guard anybody. And you, you can try and get into shootouts against a team that's better than you, but that's fighting fire with fire, and and that, that's not gonna that's not gonna bode well. That's my concern with the Rising League. You look at teams like NKU, um, Wright State, Purdue Fort Wayne to a lesser extent. Um, they hang there. I think. You, you like them because of their balance and their depth on offense. Now, defensively, you're always like, eh, you know, you, it, it leaves a little bit to be desired. Now, NKU, I think, and, and some of the other teams that play mix and match zone defenses, in a one-game setting, you catch a team on a shortened turnaround that may be a, might present a wrinkle for them to prepare for. So you can make the case that it actually works in their favor. But I don't think this team does a ton of damage outside of, in the, outside of conference. I really don't. I think you have the same situation we had last season where it's just more of a, they beat each other up and they kind of put themselves in a bad position for seed line, right? Like 15 seed. Um, you know, I think this is probably a 15 seed type conference, depending on who comes out of here. We'll see though. Okay. That was going to be my last question. Are they going to be a playing game? This is it. Is no, this I think they get about playing game. Okay. No, they get about playing it. The front rights, they just had so many abysmal losses where it's like the resume was yeah. just martyred with, with, uh, with, with, with gross L's. But no, I think that the winner will, Unless, I mean, again, that's the horizon. It's still a crapshoot tournament. So if, if a yes. unsuspecting dark horse pulls it off, then yeah, you could be back and play in. But I think that if one of the top six teams wins the tournament, like NKU down to Youngstown, Wright State, Fort Wayne, Oakland, Detroit, I'm guessing all of those teams will have resumes good enough to avoid a playing game again, or I guess this year. Yeah. One can only hope. <laughs> so well, Matt, <laughs> Matt, Matt, thank you very much for joining us. Um, Obviously, this was uh, I, I had to get you guys had, had to get you on here to talk about this um, at Maddie underscore Cox at on Twitter uh, three man weave at underscore three MW underscore CBB on Twitter uh, and where can everybody find the almanac as if you actually like, well, as I think our was, uh, like, I, I was gonna say our Twitter our Twitter is three MW underscore CBB we actually changed our handle because you're right it was so terrible we didn't need two underscores in there um, but yeah so three MW underscore CBB follow us we're tweeting about it daily you can follow me Maddie underscore Cox uh, I'll be tweeting about it daily and um, if you have any questions about the horizon just you know message me DM me I'm happy to 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 talk shop I know I get long winded because I have so much to say about this league I feel like I've just been living in it the last few years of how we've done our preview Welcome rotation with the three man weave so yeah i've been kind of like i've been bad with you guys for like the last few years now so hopefully uh hopefully the league makes some noise and we get some roi from our um obsessive interest in this conference i'm still holding my breath <laughs> all right and that's going to do it for us again horizonroundtable.com that's where you could be able to find our past episodes and our written content uh, you can pull us up uh, wherever podcasts are available, and you can pull us up on your Amazon or Google devices. Uh, so until next time, thank you all for listening.